Let's just worship the Lord right now, y'all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, all of the glory belongs to you. All of the glory, yeah. All of the glory belongs to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, put your hands together one more time to give God a hand clap of praise. Father God, we just thank and praise you for this evening. We thank you for another opportunity to minister to these, your precious sheep. We thank you that revelation knowledge will flow freely, uninterrupted and unhindered by any satanic or demonic force. I thank you that you speak through my vocal cords and think through my mind. None of me and all of you in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Well, are you ready? Yes. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Let's go ahead and dive into the word on today. I'm excited, as always, to be here to share with you. We're going to pick up where we left off from last Wednesday, and we were, <clears throat> we were talking about the fact that we're still talking about, you know, uh, our series about right ruling is right living. But we had titled this message, You Shall Not Be Moved. And uh, we began to share this after what we shared a couple of weeks ago concerning not giving up, staying the course. And I hope you've been succeeding in doing just that because of your belief being in what Christ has done for you. But in the process of realizing that we stay the course, we should be realizing that we have the victory. Say that with me. Say, I have the victory. Now, your victory is indeed in Christ Jesus. Amen? Your victory is in not what you can do and how much you can say and how much you can pray and all that type of stuff. Your victory was already secured when Christ went up on the cross. Do you believe that? Now, what we've understood is that part of our process as rulers in him is we ought to be admitting what's true because of him. Another word for that word admit is to confess. When you see um, a court case playing out and you have a witness on the stand and they're sharing a confession, they're, all they're doing is admitting to what happened. Amen? And as believers, we need to begin to up our admission life. Now, I'm using that word admission because confession and admission, they're interchangeable. But for so long, we look, we've looked at that term confession almost as a work, almost as a performance. Like, if I say this, then I'm going to make this come true in my life. And what I'm telling you today is, is all you're doing is admitting to what's already true in your life. What's already true in your life is that you are healed. Amen. What's already true in your life is you are prosperous. What's already true in your life is that you are delivered. All you're doing is admitting out of your mouth what's the truth because of what grace has done for you. So it's important that we understand this and have it kind of the right side up because a person can hear this and think it's just another confession message. Another message that says, now if things don't happen in your life, then you got to make sure you're saying the right stuff. And that's... Not totally incorrect, but it is incomplete in its essence, if you will. Because faith takes what grace has made available. The truth is, the blessing has already been provided. But the truth also is, if I don't appropriate faith, I won't lay hold of what grace has made available. Unbelief will stop me from hearing the voice of God and following his will. So while the blessing exists, I'll never see it. 
because his voice will tell me, go here, go there, do this, do that. You know, those types of things for the manifested blessing to show up. How many of you guys know, it, 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 unless you could correct me if I'm wrong, not that God couldn't have a dog bring you a bag full of money, but how many of you guys have just had a bag full of money show up out of the sky or a dog drop it up on your step? Anybody? You know, in Atlanta, that, that something like that happened. It was a, a truck full of money that was going down the street recently, and the doors blew open, and all that money blew on the street. People was, hallelujah. <laughs> but how many of you guys know that don't happen too often? And by the way, they was like, y'all bring all that money back. And I don't know how many people brought it back, but... But that's not a normal occurrence. That's not how the blessing normally shows up in our lives by money falling out of the sky. Normally, the voice of God leads us, guides us, and directs us. And as we believe him, we obey, and we wind up discovering what he already has done for us. If you understand that, say amen. But unbelief will cause me to doubt the voice of God, doubt the love of God, and literally will freeze me in fear and I won't do anything he says. But when I can admit his word, when I can admit that he loves me, when I can admit the truth of what grace has done, as I say those things out of my mouth, I'm hearing them in my ears and all I'm doing is just building myself up in belief. So when we talk about admission tonight, we're definitely not talking about your words create the blessing. What we're saying is, is that your words will help you discover the blessing that grace has already made available. If you understand that, say amen. Amen. All right, let's go. Uh, so we've been talking about the fact that right attitude begins with right believing. Now that we know we have authority, we must expect victory in every area of our lives. I'm never going to get tired of saying that to you because I want to constantly remind you that you should be discovering victory in every situation in your life. If you agree with that, say amen. In your body, you should be experiencing what? Victory, yeah. In your bank account, you should be experiencing what? In your relationships, you should be experiencing what? On your job, you should be experiencing what? Now, the way some of y'all are saying this, it makes me doubt whether you're experiencing it or not, so I'm going to try this again. I said, on your jobs, you should be experiencing what? Victory. Yeah. In your bank account, you should be experiencing what? Victory. With your kids, you should be experiencing what? Victory. With your destiny, you should be experiencing what? Victory. Amen. Amen. And that's not just because I say so. That's because you have a God who loves you, who sent his son Jesus, who is the word, who is the truth, who is grace, that has freely made available to you the righteousness of God, which declares that you are saved, you are safe, you are a child, you are a son and a daughter, you are a co-heir with Jesus, you are seated in heavenly places with him, and you have victory. That's, that's, that's the only reason why we're saying we got victory, 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 is because it's simply the truth. But I mean, guys, know we got to remind ourselves of the truth. Especially in today's day and age where the truth is being so distorted, you got to know what the truth is. And the truth is the word who is Jesus, who is the gospel, who is the good news about your life. Say, I have the truth. And I got the victory. So as we expect the victory, we have to stay on the course. The course of what? The course of believing that you have the victory. That's the course. You're not running a course like we used to when we used to live under the law. That was a course that said, run the course of no sin. Real talk, wasn't it? Because if you sinned, that was going to negate the blessing somehow, right? So that's not the course we're talking about. It's a course of, do I believe God? It's a fight that's a good fight because it's a fight of faith, which is a fight that you already have won. You got to stay the course that I believe God, I trust God, and therefore I depend and I rely on him. I'm not going to get into my works. I'm not going to get into my own head. I'm not going to get in sinful works. What are sinful works? What are dead works? Any works that have you not believe in God? Why do they call them dead works? Because they're not going to bring any fruit. Because Christ has already produced all that you need. 
If you understand that, say amen. amen. So I got I to gotta stay the course. And I got to understand that my victory is 100% in my belief. Now what I got to do is I got to weaponize my belief by confessing or admitting what I believe. Remember, that confession is not making the blessing. That confession is just aiding you in your belief in what you're saying. Ultimately, it's going to be the voice of God that's going to lead you, that's going to guide you, that's going to direct you, and you will always end up in that wealthy, healthy place. Amen? But if all you're hearing is doubt and unbelief from the enemy, from yourself, from others, that's going to produce doubt and unbelief in your life, isn't it? And then what you'll begin to do is not believe in what God said. So I hope you're hearing the simplicity of this, but at the same time, it's at the core of what's damaging many of us from seeing the manifestation of grace in our lives. I must believe. And one of the things that I have been given to aid me in my belief process is the truth of the word and the ability to admit what it says. You just got to start admitting what it says. Now, we talked about having, uh, and I got to number one, so we're going to go through these, and then I'm going to go back and cover them one at a time. Um, ten daily admissions. Ten daily admissions to build your belief. Now, if you were with us last week, I've kind of adjusted this subtitle. Ten daily admissions to build your belief in the blessing you already have. Here's 10 daily admissions to build your belief. That's what we're going to be working on. In the blessing that you what? Already have. Say it's mine. I want you to get on your mind whatever it is that you may not be experiencing fullness in just yet. Get that on your mind and say it's done. Come on, one more time. Say it's done. One more time. Say it's done. Now, you said it, question is, do you believe it? Do you see that thing done? Now, I want you to get a picture of it in your mind as done. Somebody believing for healing, raise your hand. Okay, now, see yourself in your mind right now, able to do what you couldn't do because of that thing before. See yourself healed. See yourself whole. I don't know if it's the doctor's report coming and it lines up with what you know is true. But see that moment right now. You want to ask yourself, do you believe what you see? Because what you just saw is what he said. He said you're healed. You got to see that in that heart or that mind and believe it before you see it manifested in this earth. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance of thing hoped for or expected. That's what that word hope means. And it's the evidence of things unseen, not seen. By definition, is not faith if you can see it in the natural. Some of us think we get faith because we start believing we don't have the cold after we stop coughing. Ooh, I knew, I knew my prayer worked. No. <laughs> you got to see it when the snot's falling out your nose, when you're falling over out the bed. You got to see yourself and declare yourself and admit the fact that you are healed. Not just saying some empty words, but seeing it in your heart and knowing that it's true before you see it in the natural and believe what he says. God just wants some people who are going to believe what he said. And, and this ain't complicated, is it? You know what makes this hard? Is that flesh. That, that mind that wants to not believe what God said and wants to do something on its own. That mind that wants to fall back into performance. I know he said I'm healed, but I just kind of feel like I need to go and do this. Now, the Holy Spirit may give you direction on what to do, but if it's not the Holy Spirit leading, guiding, and directing you, then you don't need to be doing it. Now, don't get deep on that. 
If you have a relationship with the Holy Ghost, which we all should, amen. amen. That's why we preached the whole thing last year about knowing the Holy Spirit. And while we appreciate what Jesus did, the Holy Spirit is now here with us, leading us, guiding us, and directing us. Some people didn't like that I said that. I'm like, well, how are you not going to have a relationship with the one who's talking to you? Jesus said he didn't say nothing but what the Father told him to say. He had to listen to the Holy Ghost. What makes us think we don't? But I asked Jesus. Yeah, but Jesus asked the Holy Spirit. Oh, see, they, here I go again. I'm not messing with you, Jesus. I'm just telling you what Jesus did while he was in this physical body. You got to do the same thing. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you just like Jesus did. And it is him who will lead you, will guide you, will direct you, and will empower you. And I can say everything I'm saying, but if you don't have a relationship with the voice of God on the inside of you, you will still fall back into performance-based Christianity because you'll say the word and then you'll sit there saying, I think I got to do something though. Why? Because you're not hearing his voice. So the only, only voices left is yours and the devil's. And you don't want to follow his, right? So you know what most Christians end up doing? crowning themselves God and saying, I think this is what God's telling me to do. Child of God, you never have to guess at what God's telling you to do. He's very distinct. I said, he's very distinct. That's why we encourage us to pray and spend time with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Spend time getting to know your father and his voice. What did Jesus say? He said, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they won't follow. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I can't, I don't, I, don't, I don't mix up his voice with the devil's voice. The only thing that causes me, if I get into some confusion between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy, is it's me. Doesn't the Bible say we're drawn away and tempted by our own desires? Did you know the devil has no power or authority in your life? I said he has none. So we got to know his voice and then follow that voice. And then that'll be the umpire, the dictator in whether or not I am following and believing in the right thing. If you understand that, say amen. 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 All right, let's keep going. So these daily admissions, number one, the first one we talked about last week was I have to admit to myself daily that God loves me. I have to admit to myself daily that God loves me. We'll come back, and like I said, I'm, I'm going to give them to you, and I'm going to come back and, and hit them. Uh, number two, I have to admit Jesus is the perfect expression of God who is love. It's very important. Admit that Jesus is the perfect expression of God who is love. Number three, I have to admit Jesus is the perfect expression of God's love. I got to admit he's the perfect expression of God, but then also, number three was, I have to admit that he's a perfect expression of God's love. So two, two different things. Number four, I have to admit that I am free from my old sinful nature. I got to confess that. I got to admit that, that I am free from my old, unbelieving, or sinful nature. Number five, I have to admit that I am a co-heir with Christ. Somebody say that with me. Say, I'm a co-heir with Christ. You know, oftentimes we would confess that the wrong way. We would, we would put ourselves as like, you know, we say joint heir, but... It wasn't with Christ that we would say. We would just say, I'm a joint heir. And then, but you're missing the most important part. With Christ. On occasion, we would say he was our brother, but then we felt so unworthy that we kept having to demean ourselves beneath the throne that we sit on. I said, don't demean yourself beneath the throne that you sit on with Christ. 
See, all of that understanding should be charging your belief, charging your faith, saying, wait, I'm a co-heir with Christ, and last I checked, he wasn't sick. Last I checked, he wasn't broke. Last I checked, he wasn't depressed. How many times did Jesus pray for healing when he was on earth doing ministry in those three years? Anybody? How many times did Jesus need money and not have it? How many times did Jesus have lack? And every time Jesus was recorded as feeling down or something like that and he got along with the Father, how many of you guys know it always worked out and he came out up? You're co-heirs. Not just with Jesus who was here on earth, but with Christ. So you've got to read that for what it all, all of what it is. Jesus said, greater works than me are you going to do. So I'm looking for the victory in every area of my life. So I got to admit that I am a co-heir with Christ who is the lawful owner of all things. He's the lawful owner of all things. So if I am a co-heir with the lawful owner of all Chick-fil-A, <laughs> what does that mean? That means I have a right to all things Chick-fil-A. Now, some of you need to go get your mind beyond just the chicken sandwiches, just the fries and the drink. No, 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 you, you, yeah, that's yours too, but you got, you got access to the bank accounts. You got access to the property. You got access to all the assets. See, there's something bigger than just the chicken sandwiches, and so many believers are just at the chicken sandwich level. Who you, I'm a co-heir with, with Chick-fil-A people. I, man, I ain't going to never be hungry again. No, you, you're, you're, you're a co-owner of everything. You not only have the food, but you got the power. The devil just wants you to focus on the food. He's just trying to get you focused on just a little bit. And you have access to everything. If you understand that, say amen. What am I on, number five, six? Yes, number six. I have to admit Jesus is grace. That's very important. Admit Jesus is grace, truth, the way, life, and I have him in me. I'll say that again. I got to admit that Jesus is grace, truth, the way, life, and I have him in me. Number seven. I have to admit that I have grace, grace, you heard that right, I have grace, grace because of Jesus. Number eight, I have to admit that no thing can move his love away from me. I have to admit that no thing can move his love away from me. Number nine, I have to admit that through Christ, I have the victory. I have to admit that through Christ, I have the victory. And number 10, I have to admit, this was a little longer, that I am free from the law and nothing can separate or move me from his love. Christ is my victory. I have to admit that I am free from the law and nothing can separate or move me from his love. Christ is my victory. Somebody repeat this after me. I shall not be moved. Okay, let's go back to number one real quick because we talked about this last week and then we'll get to number two. Number one was admit to myself daily that God what? That God loves me. Let's look at this in John 3, 16 and 17. 
uh, John 3, 16 and 17 in the King James, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, is for everybody, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, here's a promise, but have eternal life. Verse 17 says, God sent not his son. Somebody say, not his son. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. What does that mean? He didn't send his son to condemn the world. Well, why did he send him? But that the world through him might be saved. He didn't send his son to tell you how much you suck. He sent his son to tell you how much you're saved how much you're safe, how much you're secure in him. Go to the uh, New Limit translation real quick on that. Verse 17 in the Amplified says, for God did not send the son into the world in order to judge, to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. You have to admit the fact, which is true, that you are safe and sound because of the love of God. But I'm scared because I'm a single person. And I don't, you're safe and sound. But I'm scared because the doctor said you're safe and sound and nothing can change that. You don't have nothing to worry about. You don't have nothing to fear. They said they were going to come take this and that. You're safe and sound because of Jesus. Say that with me. Say, I'm safe, I'm safe. and sound because of Jesus. Do you know what that means when it says safe and sound? Safe is your position physically, but sound is your position mentally. See, some of us, we be safe, we act, my little bebonic slipping out, we act safe physically. You come to church and you might look secure physically, but in your mind you're, you're missing another part of it. The soundness, the lack of fear, the lack of worry, the lack of doubt, the lack of unbelief. You are safe and you are sound because of what Christ did. And he only did that because God, who loves you, sent him. That's why it's so important. I got to admit and confess daily that God loves me. And then begin to see in your mind all that came with that was the love of God through the blood of Jesus, through the gospel of grace. Because his body and blood went up on that cross and was shed for you that day. All is well in every area of your life. You are safe and sound. And don't you feel bad because you might have to remind yourself of that every single day. You live in a real world with real problems that face you every day. And some of the problems ain't even yours, but it's, it's because of social media and media, you, you see all these problems that ain't even yours. It's messing with your soundness. So you're going to have to put something else in the air, which is going to be your admission. God loves me despite what's going on. God loves me despite the weather. God loves me despite the political uh, climate. God loves me despite global warming or despite uh, uh, economic breakdown. God loves me despite all of that. I admit it. I am safe and sound because of Christ. Number two. What was number two? You tell me. Oh, wait. I was supposed to read this New Living Translation. My bad. Uh, go back to 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him. You see the key? We're talking about belief, aren't we? Belief is the access into the grace that God made available through Jesus. So that everyone who believes in him. Now that's anybody. Somebody say anybody. That's your drunk uncle. That's your auntie who ain't quite right all the time. That's you. That's everybody. That's why you got to stop judging people because of how they act. We don't judge you because of how you act. Amen. Actions don't always dictate belief. Sometimes people are struggling where there is a sin in their life, but they still believe God loves them. Amen? It says, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have 
eternal life. Verse 17, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Amen? Number two. So what was number two again? Yes, admit Jesus is the perfect expression of God who is love. I want to see God. I want to see God. Look at Jesus. I want to see God. I want to see. Look at Jesus. He was and is the perfect expression of God who is love. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 1. We'll stay in the NLT. Uh, Hebrews 1, verse 1, and we'll go up to 3. It said, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, he has spoken to us through who? Through his son. Who was his son? Jesus. Okay, so he's spoken through us, to us through Jesus. God promised how much? Everything, Everything to the son as an inheritance. Interesting. And through the Son, he created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses, this is where I got that statement from, he expresses, Jesus expresses the very character of God. According to 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Jesus expresses the very love of God. Keep going. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Jesus expresses the very character of God. Go to the uh, same uh, scripture, but go to, go to the Message Bible. It says it's really cool. Uh, verses 1 and all the way down to 3. And then we'll talk about why this is important. It says, going through a long line of prophets, God has been addressing our ancestors in different ways for centuries. He's been talking to them different ways. Recently, he spoke to us directly through his son. By his son, God created the world in the beginning. Now, you know in John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and, you know, and, and, and the word is Jesus. Did you know Jesus was there in the beginning and the world was created through and by him? Amen. I mean, I'm not making it up. That's what it just said, didn't it? Y'all look at me like, I don't know. It just said it. Go back. <laughs> Some of y'all look like, I don't believe it. Recently, he spoke to us directly through his son, by his son, God, by his son. God created the world in the beginning. And it will all belong to the son at the end. Now, who are you a core here with? Jesus. So if it's going to belong to him at the end, who, is it, who else is it going to belong to? Me. I told you, you wasn't no chump. Amen. See, we got to stop seeing ourselves below the one we are co-heirs with. No, you do not deserve it. No, you didn't earn it, but he gave it to you. That's what grace is all about. You have the victory because of what Jesus did. It's not fair, but you got it. So you might as well enjoy it. The sun perfectly mirrors God and is stamped, you see that, with God's nature. He holds everything together by what he says. The sun holds everything together by what he says. This is why your admission is important. This is why your confession is important. Oh, it's already done, but I'm going to do it the way Jesus did it. He created and he held everything together by what he said. 
And if I am a co-heir and that's how the other heir operates, guess how I'm going to operate? I'm going to operate the same way he operates. If he operates with his mouth, then guess what I'm going to operate? With my mouth. Now you better doggone know that Jesus believed what he's saying. So this ain't something you just got to make up. I'm going, I just joined the club. I just joined the business. I don't deserve to be here. I didn't earn it because I showed couldn't qualify, but I am a co-CEO of the kingdom. And the one who has been here since the beginning has shared his office, his power, and his authority with me. I dare not come up into the office with my own way. Well, Jesus, I know you speak things, but I, I like to do things with my hand. I know you speak things, but I like to go and hear what everybody else got to say, and then we go and work it out together. Performance-based Christianity. No, 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 if you speak, I speak. That's, if you say it that way, I say it that way. If you having faith, I got that same faith. And I am guaranteed, as I cooperate with my co-heir, I will get results. I said if you will cooperate with the one you are co-heirs with, you will get the same results he got. I'm, I'm preaching good, shoot. He holds everything together by what he says, powerful words. That's why the devil trying to shut you up. Because he's trying to shut you down. And he's starting with your belief. He's trying to attack your soundness. And as a result, then he takes away the words that are going to come out of that mouth. And then before we know it, we replace them with words that sound more like him. He, he know how Jesus get things done. He don't see it. He don't see it over and over and over again. He said, the last thing I need is seven billion of him running around here. I don't think he caught that. I couldn't handle one Jesus. I couldn't handle one heir. And now they don't fool around and made this available to the whole world. God forbid if 250 of them figure out down there in Houston. God forbid if 20 of them on a Wednesday night figure out I couldn't handle one. So I got to keep them ignorant of the truth, of the gospel, of the word. I got to make sure they don't understand nothing so that they cannot operate. I got to keep them believing that they have to dig and scratch and beg and borrow and, and work real hard like sinners when they're saints. And if I can keep them deceived and keep a false veil over their eyes, then they'll never operate from that rightful place by the way that they're already in. He's pulling off the biggest con game that there ever was. You are already seated in heavenly places with Christ. He is the perfect expression of God who is love. Let's keep going. Number three was admit Jesus is the actual perfect expression of God's love. Now, why is that important? Because I have to see, as it said in John 3, 16, it said, for God so loved the world that he gave. How many of you guys know that Jesus gave himself as well? God gave, Jesus was reflecting God who is love, and all you saw was him giving. So what do you think I'm supposed to be doing? Oh, there they go with that prosperity preaching. If he gave, tell me, call him back, tell him, tell him Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. You already, you already got what you need. I don't know if it's what you want, but all right. <laughs> but, but, but think about it. He literally made everything available to us already. 
That's what love did. He gave and he gave and he gave. But then you see Christians here on earth trying to operate in faith and believing. But then when it comes giving time for anything, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about a word from the Lord. I'm talking about whatever the Holy Spirit's leading you to do. Many Christians will then seize up in fear. Well, I don't know if I'm qualified to sow this. Or I'm sorry to say this. Well, I don't know if I can sow this because, you know, I got to do this, that, and the other. Thank God that he did not have that same attitude. Well, I only got one son. And I know he's the answer. I know he's the key. I know he's the way. I know he's the truth. I know he's the life. I am the light. I know he's everything they need, but I can't give him them because I don't know if they're going to treat him right. He gave us his only son knowing we were going to kill him. And we get mad because we can't get our money back out the church that we sold. Not y'all, I'm talking about somebody else. We get mad because we sold a car or some clothes, let's just go there, and in somebody's life and they didn't appreciate it like we think they should. When you give the way God gives, you got to understand that's a seed that's going to go on the ground. But like the word says, when it die, it's going to bring forth much fruit. Jesus, it was talking about him, that while he went to that tomb and he died, his death, burial, and resurrection brought forth much fruit. And that much fruit was us. But God, who is love, was willing to sow his son as a seed so that he could reap all of us. We as believers have to get to the point that we stop holding on to the seeds that God gives us and we reflect like Jesus reflected, God who is love, and sow seed. Be it words, be it money, be it time, be it whatever it is he's given you, you put that thing into the ground and you trust that a harvest is going to come. A believer is willing to sow. Because your sowing is just an expression of your love. Are you already blessed before you put that seed in the ground? Heck yeah, that's what Jesus did. Is God mad at you if you don't put any seed in the ground? No, not at all. But there are spiritual principles that go along with it and his character shows you he did it. So we gotta get out of this fear. Because you think it's just about money. It's not just about money. It's about your ability to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit in everything. Show me a person who's not sowing. I'll show you a person who ain't trusting God in nothing. Because the, 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 the spirit of mammon is trying to get them to trust more in those finances or more in their, their, their effort than in God. And Jesus had that thing licked. He was the perfect expression of God who is love, and love gives all of itself. Now, we ain't preaching no cult stuff. Who did I say you're supposed to follow the voice of? Holy Spirit. And that's how you make sure you ain't getting involved in that you need to be getting involved in. Because see, some people hear this and say, what a pastor said, give all myself, so, you know, whatever you need, oh, whatever the Holy Spirit tell you to give. Y'all be careful now. You'll be no another Waco or nothing like that. You know, just it's what he says. Say that with me. It's what he says. Now the good news is I can find out a lot about what he say right in here. Somebody was talking about, well, do we have to tithe? And listen, it's not, we got to get that out of vocabulary. Abraham tithed before it was even a commandment. Before the law was given, Abraham was already seen giving a tenth. So it's, it's not an issue of, do I have to do this so, I'm, so that I'm blessed? It's an issue of, I get to do this, as the scripture says, with a cheerful heart. Not grudgingly, not of a necessity. I'm not giving because I got a need. I'm not giving uh, because uh, somebody's making me do it or the law is making me do it. I give it a cheerful heart because I got a heart of love. But I don't want you just to look at the money part of that. There's more to give to God than just the money. The money is a part of it, but it's, it's you. It's all of you. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Number four, admit that you are free from your old what? Sinful nature. 
Let's go to the scripture in that. Romans 8. Romans 8. Uh, we'll go to verse 9 and we'll go to the New Living Translation. My time is almost gone. Can I have like two more minutes? Okay, we're going to just, this will be our last, last one and then we'll pick up on number five on Sunday. Is this helping anybody? Yeah. Amen. Romans 8, 9, and 10. It says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. That just killed the whole devil made me do it. I just, I just, had, to, I just had to do it. No, you don't. No, you didn't. Then why do I do it? Because you wanted to. Because you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, capital S, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. So for the people, let me back up. I gotta, I gotta actually correct something I just said. It says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature if the Spirit of God lives in you. So if you're controlled by your spiritual nature, the end of that equation is the Spirit of God don't live in you. So there may be people who are controlled by their sinful nature. Those are called sinners. They're not saved. And maybe, <laughs> I'm like, Lord, can, do I say it that way? He says this. I'm gonna say, maybe if you're controlled, that's the key word, by a sinful nature, you might want to check if you're saved. And I don't mean that as a joke. I mean, I think there are a lot of people who are sitting in church who believe in God, but really haven't believed in his son. And the spirit of God may not live in them. And so they're sinning and sinning and sinning like, my God, I can't stop. What's going on? And they don't hear no voice. They don't, they don't hear the Holy Spirit. How come? Because he ain't in there. All they hear is them and the enemy. And we as Christians, we got to be careful of, because, you know, sometimes we make, we make a little joke out of that and everything like that. But we got to be careful of that because there might be legit folks who are struggling who don't realize they're not even saved. They don't got baptized. They don't went to church for 45 years. They was on the usher board. They don't sing in the choir. People don't told them they was anointed and didn't realize it was just talent and all these types of things. And, and they've been thinking they say because they were doing all the works. And they felt good. And they would, hey, catch the Holy Ghost as they were thinking that it was and it was just really a good feeling. And they might not realize that now that I'm getting out of all of that and I'm, I'm starting to get into the word, I might realize that, wait a minute, I need to get saved. I need to believe in what Jesus did and make him Lord of my life so that now the Holy Spirit can move in and I can be controlled by his spirit and not my old sinful nature. If you understand that, say amen. Now, for those of us, so that's one person. That's one type of person. But for those of us who have already made that decision and there is residue of sin still in your life, what does the word of God say we need to do? We need to what? Renew our minds. Romans 12, uh, 2. But who took the responsibility to renew our minds? Holy Spirit. It said God. It said God's going to renew your mind. It says God's going to transform your thinking. So, but I got the first thing I got to do is admit I no longer have a sin problem. Say that with me. I no longer have a sin problem. I got a saved problem. And it ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. That's I'm sorry. <laughs> so you don't have a sin problem. The only issue with you is, is you so saved that you're saved. I'm just so saved that I'm saved that I ain't got no more problems. And some of us have to learn how to live a life with no problems. I said, that just came from the Holy Spirit. Some of us got to learn how to live a life of no problems. You be making some stuff. Ain't nothing wrong with you. You good. You got to admit you're good. You got to confess that all is well. That I ain't got no problems. Now look at that. That person got some problems. But I ain't got no problem. All is well in my life. 
all is well in my body. All is well. I got a sound mind. Start seeing it the way God said it. And then start saying it the way he says it. And watch yourself on a daily basis continue to run into the blessings that he's already made available for you. Your confessions are not making the blessing. We ain't got that power. Jesus already did all of that. All your confession is doing is hooking you up to what you already got. So it's time to start admitting the truth. It's time for you to take the witness stand and confess. I got dug it. I thought everything was wrong with me. I confess it's all good. I thought I was sick, going to die, but I, I admit the healers already healed me. I confess they said they was going to take my house and my car, but I admit that all is well. Well, aren't you? They, they, but they came and took it. I confess and admit God didn't even tell me to get that in the first place or so something better is coming. I confess and admit that God loves me. Grace has made all of this available to us. Family, it's time that we just start enjoying it. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Glory to God. So y'all make a mark. We left off at, uh, what, number five? And we'll continue on with that on Sunday. Go ahead and raise your hands right where you're at. Father God, we just submit to your word. We submit to grace that it's already made available everything in our lives. Everything we need has been provided. So we give you all the glory on and praise. And we confess and admit now from a place of victory, not for victory, but from victory. Not trying to be like Jesus, but from a place of being a co-heir with him while still remaining humble in our heart because we didn't do none of this. Your love, your goodness, your son, grace made this available. And we believe it and we receive it and we got it. So I lift up everybody in this room, every person in this room, who has struggled with anything this week. And I declare and decree that you see your Jehovah Jireh on the horizon. You see the place where he has already provided all that he requires and all that you need. And we'll give you glory out and praise for it. In Jesus' name, it's done. Amen. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise for all of that. Michael, you come on up. All right. Well, we love you guys. We'll see you right at the end of service. Amen. It's already done. Amen. Awesome word. Thank you, Pastor. Awesome. Let's give God another hand clap of praise. Awesome word. Amen. All that we have needed is already done. This time in service, we get to give. Amen. We get to give because we serve a God that is a God of love. Amen. Ushers, uh, if you uh, want to serve, serve, we have envelopes in the seats in front of you. We also can um, give by text, instructions are on the screen, as well as those of you streaming live by, by YouTube. You can also give by, uh, by text as well. Instructions are on the screen. Does anyone need anything? Offer an envelope or anything? Everyone good? Like Pastor mentioned earlier, let's ask the Holy Spirit what should you give. Amen. You may have had a number in your in your mind or even on your heart, and uh, and you ask Him what to give. He can change that number. Amen. If He says give it, it's blessed. You're already blessed to give it. Everyone looks ready. Go ahead and hold your phones up or your your offering up. Let's go ahead and bless it. We thank you, Father God, that this offering is blessed. We thank you that we get to give because you are a God of love, and we give out of love. 
for you. We give out of love for your word, out of love for your greatness, and out of love for what you've already done for us. And we thank you that, that just was already prayed that our, our, our Jehovah Jireh is on the horizon. So we give because we already know that it's done in Jesus' name. And we thank you that this offering goes and it, it's, it's a blessing. And it's an offering that grows and multiplies in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead and serve. We also want to take the opportunity and uh, ask individuals at this time, if you don't know Christ, this is the time to to uh, to come and, and uh, the altars are open. Also, you have the opportunity to, um, we talk about the Holy Spirit, but um, we also are a church that believe in the gift of speaking tongues. And if that's a gift that you do not have, now is the opportunity. We have uh, individuals here at church that will that will talk you through that process and pray with you in that process, amen. Uh, that's a gift that's that's a, that's a spiritual gift that's for us, amen, to be edified in, 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 uh, in wisdom, as well as um, joining this church. If you've been coming and you're not a member, this is a church to be, as you already know. This is where the word is, amen. And, uh, and as pastor says, if this is, if this is the right, if this church, this is the church for you. If this is the right church, this is the right church for you. Amen? A church alive is worth the what? Worth the drive. Amen? It's worth the, it's worth the rush every Wednesday to get in here and, and get this word. Amen? Uh, and be back here on Sunday. So the altar is open. If any of those three things apply to you, joining this church, accepting Christ, or receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the altars are open. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Any of you uh, streaming in uh, live by YouTube? Those, uh, those opportunities are, are for you as well. I'm going to ask individuals around you if maybe there's a, there's a need and, and no one's on. Thank you for coming. Amen. Amen. Maybe individuals around you don't have, they've thought about it, but it's always good to have a little nudge. So take the opportunity now and ask those around you if they need any of those three things. stretch our hands forward and, and thank God for our sister. Father God, we thank you for our sister that has come. We thank you, Father God, that everything she has need of and she's seeking, she desires will be met tonight in Jesus' name. We thank you for your word that is alive in her life, and we thank you for your grace that she is experiencing and will continue to grow in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Your sister will take you in the back. Amen. You all, there's individuals out there that need this word, amen? If there is uh, someone you work with, a family member, remember we have our, our, um, our service on Thursday nights in Paralyn, our, um, our, our um, World Changers Church, South Church in Paralyn, amen? If you know anyone in that area, they don't want to drive this far, tell them about Paralyn on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Let's go ahead and lift our hands and be dismissed. Father God, we thank you for the word tonight. We thank you that, yes, our Jehovah Jireh is on the horizon. And we thank you that you are a God that provides. Everything we have need of is already met. So we thank you as we go and as we live out of, of the, the blessings that you have for us, we thank you, Father God, that we are able to be a blessing unto others in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all be blessed.